Thanks for tuning in to the Three Strands podcast. You're about to hear an episode from our Sunday morning worship service. To learn more about Three Strands, visit our website, threestrands.church. Well, before we get into today's message, I have a couple more important announcements for us. Uh, they're, they're a little more intense, so I need you to, to stick with me. Uh, we were contacted by the Park District this past week, and they told us they're going to be remodeling this floor in here. So uh, what that means for us is we're not going to be able to meet in this gymnasium for two months, for June and July. So don't worry, though, we already uh, bought one of those large white tents that you see at like weddings and, and like parties, and they said we can set that up in the parking lot outside, so we will be doing that. And on top of that, we know the heat is coming, and so we purchased some of those mobile air conditioning units to put inside of it. So I know like that's inconvenient for a lot of us. Um, following Jesus is inconvenient. So we ask as, as we move into that, as we transition to that, just for the next couple months to just stick with us. And on top of that, after Dave finishes this next series, after a lot of prayer and discussion, he has decided for June and July to take a small sabbatical. And if you don't know what that means, it's, it's a time for him to reflect and, and uh, get spiritually poured into so that way in August, when he returns as our head pastor, uh, he'll be refilled and ready to go. Kenny, in the meantime, will be taking his spot as head pastor and, and preaching through that time as we're outside. So we ask, I know it's a lot of transition, but just stick with us. We encourage you to keep coming back. And, and, and me, myself, I wanted to just reach out and, and like encourage all the mothers in the room and, and uh, thank you for everything they do um, I remember something that my mom uh, instilled in me when I was younger was not to lie. And I remember a time where my dad and I were at the church building uh, where he was the head pastor at. And he, I was like getting hungry. And, and some of these ladies were downstairs making uh, some food. So, you know, I cruised on down there and, and saw what they were making. And one of the ladies was like, hey, there's these new crackers, and, and you should try some. I'm like, well, I guess, whatever. So I went over there, and there's two boxes of these crackers. So I started trying them. I'm like, oh, okay. Those are different. Those are good. So I, was like, I started eating a couple more, and I was like, I'm going to let my dad try these as well. So I, I grab the box, and I go upstairs, and, and we start eating them. And before I knew it, that box was almost empty. And so we, I, I was like, well, I better take these back. So I took the box back downstairs and slid it right next to the other box. And as I was walking out, one of the ladies was like, hey, uh, did you eat all those? And with confidence, I looked back and I said, no, nah, I, didn't, I didn't eat all of them. Technically, I didn't. It was like a half-truth, half-lie type thing. Well, anyway, the next day, uh, I was in elementary school at this point. I was walking down the hallway, and one of the, one of the ladies, who's also one of my teachers, walked around the corner, and she looked unhappy. And I was like, oh, boy. So I stop, she stops me in the middle of the hallway. Anybody could have saw this. And she stops me in the middle of the hallway and gets down, because I was short, gets down and was like, you lied. You, how dare you? You lied right to us about those crackers. I was like, are we kidding? Like, we're talking about crackers in the hallway right now? I was, I was ticked. 
But at this, at this same point, like I learned to plead the fifth right here. I didn't say anything. I just was so shocked she was calling me out in the middle of the school about crackers. So I was, I was uh, like so many different type of emotions flooded over me, like anger, sadness, shamefulness, like all types of different emotions just flooded into me at that moment. I felt like, well, I'm going to get in trouble. She's going to call my mom. I'm going to get like grounded for months because of these dumb crackers. Like, I, I, oh, this is awful. And just, again, a lot of emotions flooded in. Maybe some of like those emotions that you just felt when I told you those first two announcements that are complete lies. We will still be meeting in, in here, and Dave will continue to be our head pastor. Um, but again, like you, you felt those emotions because I lied to you, and, and there's consequences to lying. But today, I want to look at what Scripture says about lying and how serious it really is. In Exodus chapter 20, God gives us the Ten Commandments. And a lot of times we take those Ten Commandments very seriously, like we shall not murder, we shall not steal, we should not commit adultery. But for some reason, when it gets to you should not give false testimony to one another. In other words, we shouldn't lie to one another or even lie to ourselves. We tend to just pull that one out and throw it away. We don't take it as seriously as all the other commandments. And culture pushes that lying is not a big deal. It's okay that we do it. It's, an, it's not going to cause much pro, many problems if we, if we just lie. And so today we're going to dive into multiple passages of Scripture to see what the Bible says about lying. And since we're around this area, um, around a lot of forests, I wanted to use a tool, or in other words, a trap, uh, to, to represent lying. And we're going to walk through to see who sets the trap for us to lie, what are the consequences of us falling into the trap, and then finally, how do we escape the trap or, and, and avoid the trap in the future? And, and what I'm going to use today is it, it's a bear trap. And, and what that is, is it has arms around it with like, like jaws, and it has a pressure plate in the center of it. And so the hunter will put some bait on it or around it, and when the animal walks by, it will step on it, and the two sides will close in together and trap the animal's leg. It doesn't necessarily kill the animal, it just holds them there. They're stuck. And a lot of times those jaws will wound the animal because it's a very powerful close onto the animal. So today, that's what we're going to use as that as a representation of lying. But first, we need to discover who is the one who sets the traps for us to lie. So if you have your Bibles with you today, please turn with me to John verse 8, or sorry, John chapter 8, verse 44. And that says, For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning, he has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So there's a lot to unpack there. So who is setting the trap for us to fall into for lying? And it's Satan. Who is Satan? Satan is a fallen angel who 
is all about himself. And and in this passage, it describes him as a father of lies. He wants to destroy you. He wants to seek you out and make sure that you spend eternal life with him in hell. And so he has nothing more on his plate than to come behind you and try to destroy you. In other words, he's setting multiple traps around us to fall into. Today, we're going to be focusing on those traps for us to lie. He sets all these types of traps in the sense of like he sets traps for us to fall into to tell people lies. He sets traps around us for us to listen to his lies about ourselves. To give you some examples of this is uh, you may have heard these like lies in your head before like I'm not good enough. Uh, I I can't keep my family together. I'm not going to be able to maintain my friends. My friends don't even like me. They never want to be around me. They don't want to hang out with me. These are all lies that we just keep stepping into because Satan is the father of lies. See, in that passage, it says he hates the truth. In other words, Satan's main language is lying. That's his native language. That's all he speaks. He can't stand the truth. So you better believe he's right behind you telling lies to you every single day. And then he gives you opportunities to lie to other people. He's like, you know what? Your mom told you to clean your bedroom. You can tell her you're going to do it tomorrow. And you know you're not going to do it tomorrow. And, or, or your coworker comes by and is like, hey, can you help me with this project? And you're like, no, I'm not going to help you. When really, you know you're going to go help them. It's a, it's an, there's so many opportunities for us to lie, and it's so easy for us to lie. In fact, there's research done that a typical person lies one to two times a day. One to two times a day. That means the traps that are set around us are so close to us that we typically step in them daily. And Satan loves doing that. So what happens is when we start talking and speaking lies to either ourselves or to other people, what we are doing is we are drawing closer to him. And guess what? He loves that. He loves when you start speaking his language. He loves it. But on the flip side of that, we have to look at what God thinks about lying. We have to see that God speaks truth, and he loves the truth. So if you have your Bibles, again, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22. And that says, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. So right here we see, okay, God can't stand when people lie. He does not like it in any way, shape, or form. And in fact, he loves the truth. So what happens is they're on different parallels. God is over here speaking truth and life, and then Satan's over here speaking lies. And so what happens, though, if we're in the middle, if we start speaking truth to people and truth to ourselves, we start drawing closer to God. But what happens is if we start speaking more lies to ourselves and lies, lying to other people, we draw closer and closer to Satan. So we have to take a step back and realize which direction we are moving today. 
Because we have to back up and realize that the Ten Commandments, anything that God asks and commands us to do, and we don't do, is disobeying Him. And disobeying Him equals sin. So therefore, lying is sin. But see, culture again loves to water that down. It's not that bad. Things won't happen that, are, that will ruin your life. It's not a big lie. Who cares? But when it comes to murder, you can't do that. When it comes to stealing, absolutely not. Adultery, no way. Lying, sure. Just go for it. It's not a big deal. It's not a serious. And Satan, that's just another lie. Satan loves for you to think that. And so now we understand who is setting the traps around us. We understand it's our spiritual enemy, Satan. But what happens when we fall into the trap? What happens when we actually listen to the lie from Satan or or share a lie with somebody? What happens when that occurs? And for some of those of you have you, you've seen the movie John Wick. And what John Wick is, it, it, he's like a hitman. He works with like a bunch of different mobs. And, and these mobs know that he's like uh, the best of the best. And, and he got out of the whole mob situation. He actually kind of like retired, basically. And, and he got, his wife passed away. And, and he, he got a dog uh, from his wife before she passed away. And, and this mob just like killed his dog. And it's like, it's crazy, but he was absolutely livid. And he goes on this like spree of like taking care of the mob who had attacked his dog and attacked him. But through the movie, through the whole series, you see there's a whole system set up for the mob. And there's a hotel in every continent that they're able to stay at. All types of different mobs are able to stay at this one hotel. It's called the Continental. And when uh, two different types of people from different mobs come to this hotel, and once they are on the continental ground, they are not able to conduct any business, a.k.a. they can't fight each other. So they cannot conduct any business on it. Otherwise, there is consequences. So when it, throughout the series, throughout the movies, if, if, they, uh, if they hear somebody doing it, they'll look at one another and be like, consequences. And the other one will say consequences. And so this is exactly the word we need to use for what happens when we fall into a trap. Consequences. So today, our main passage is going to be in Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. So we'll stay there for a little bit. So turn with me to Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. And we're going to read 1 through 4 first. But there was a certain man named Ananias who, with his wife Sapphira, sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit, and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell. As you wished, and after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but you were lying to God. 
Now, there's a lot to unpack there. So we're catching up with this couple, Ananias and Sapphira. And they have this property, and they're like, you know what? Let's sell it, and we're going to keep half the money, but we're going to go tell everybody that we gave the full amount of money that we got from this property to the church. And so Ananias brings this money by himself to the, to the apostles, and Peter's there. And this is very interesting because we can see that God gave the ability to Peter to know that Ananias was lying because Ananias and Sapphira had conspired to think, well, nobody is really going to know how much we actually got from that property besides the person who actually bought it. So we should be good. We can walk into this church and act like we're given the full amount when we're really given half and we got the other half in our back bedroom. And so he shows up and he's like, here's the full amount. And Peter's like, how dare you not tell the truth? He's lying. And again, God has given the ability to Peter to know that. And he's calling Ananias out, saying, you didn't just lie to us, because remember, none of them would have even known if it wasn't for God. They probably would have went along with it, but God gave them the ability to know. And so we see, like, Ananias is like, whoa, how, how did they know that? And we see, like, Peter, again, just is calling him out in front of everybody about what he had just done. He had just lied to him. And he's committing multiple sins here, Ananias says. He, he's showing greed. He's showing pride because he wants everybody to recognize how much money he's giving to the church. But the main one we're focusing on today is he's lying to them. He fell into multiple traps at the same time. I remember... Um, I was at the University of the Cumberlands a couple months ago, and we were all sitting at a booth one time. And there was a few of us, and a couple of us were like, man, we're getting hungry. Hopefully there's a snack around. Does anybody have a snack? Nope, 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 nope. Everybody went, no, no, no. I was like, okay, so I guess we'll all wait for lunch. Uh, Ten minutes go by. I'm working on my computer, and one of the girls reached down and pulls out a Cosmic Brownie. And she starts, she starts just chomping away over there. And, I, and halfway through it, she's almost like past halfway. And I'm, I look up from my computer. I'm like, oh, so what's that? Like, what, what are you holding there? Because I, I remember a few minutes ago, you said you had no food. So um, that's inaccurate. You're lying. Um, it's like, she may have forgot, but it's still one of those half-truth things that like, she, she knew she had that cosmic brownie because she reached in with confidence like, I got it. I thought about bringing one today just to like, enjoy for a second, but um, I didn't. So, uh, but I was just like, but what I did here, same thing with Peter. I called her out publicly. I was like, guys, look at this. This is ridiculous. She could have split that cosmic brownie in half for every, or like in little pieces. We could all have a, like a nice bite instead. She had it for herself. And I was ticked. I was ticked. But what happens is we see a consequence coming for Ananias. So uh, we're going to dive into verse 5 and 6. So read verse 5 and 6 with me. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. 
Well, that's a lot. He just, he just lied about some money and he dropped dead. That's pretty intense for the New Testament. It, it, it's almost a wake-up call for us because we're typically used to this in the Old Testament. God showing judgment automatically for people sinning in the Old Testament. For example, like Sodom and Gomorrah, he showed an automatic judgment for the sins they committed. But in the New Testament, we don't see this as, as common. But in Acts, we see this. We see Ananias sinned, a.k.a. lied, and then he died because of it. Consequences. And he paid the ultimate consequence, which was death. Now, some of us have may, may have like uh, received some consequences from lying. It may be like a slap on the wrist at school. You told your teacher uh, you did all your homework when you really didn't. Or it could be a little more severe to where you actually like lose a family member, like you lose a, a quality friend over it. There's consequences to it. And a lot of times the devil is excellent at camouflaging these traps. And sometimes we're so far into the lie, we don't even recognize we're lying. He's excellent at doing that. But, but what this is doing is it's like waking us up a little bit. And we're, and we're going to continue on in, in the passage here in just a second. It's, it's going to wake us up even more here in just a second. So Sapphira, his wife, shows up three hours later. Ananias is already dead and buried because he lied. So, okay, so Sapphira shows up three hours later in front of the apostles, and she has no idea what's going on, no idea that her husband's literally dead outside. And, and Peter asks her the same thing. Like, hey, uh, did you give the full amount of money to us that you got from that property that was yours to do with anyway? And the interesting thing is, let's pause here for a second. She has an opportunity. She has an opportunity to avoid a trap that Satan has placed in front of her. She could tell the truth here. But instead, she conspired with her husband to go along with the lie and to fall into the trap as well. And so Sapphira said, yes, this is the full amount that we received from the property, therefore lying to the apostles again. At this point, everybody already knows what's going on. She's lying. And Peter tells her, you know what? Just like your husband, you too will be carried out by the same men who carried him out. And instantly she died. Straight onto the floor. Intense. Consequences. To lying. It's a wake-up call. And we see, to finish up that passage, we see that people spread the news of what had happened. It was terrifying. People spread the word like, these two just lied about how much money they actually gave to the apostles, and they both just died instantly. It's a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call I think God placed in the New Testament for us to realize how serious lying actually is and how often we actually do it. 
Because it's so common. It's so common. How many of us just walk down the hallway and people ask, how are you doing? And you just finish like crying in like a safe place and you tell them, I'm doing good. Super small lies like this. We constantly do it. It's so common. Or, or, or another example too is like, how many of us have heard that, all of us have heard this, of, of somebody saying a joke to somebody, and then after you see their facial reaction change, and then you say, oh, I was just joking. That's, that's just a joke. The truth was, you were telling the truth there. The lie was you were joking. Because you saw how your truth affected them. And so you try to cover it up with a lie to make them feel better. Well, first of all, there's a lot wrong with that. It's so common for us to lie in this culture. And culture waters down line every day. And I want to use this message to be a wake-up call for everybody in this room. That lying is serious. Just as serious as murder. Just as serious as stealing. And I want to hit on something today that some of us may be lying to ourselves about for a long time that needs to be uncovered. And that's, and this lie could have detrimental consequences for your eternal life. And that's if you're sitting there today lying to yourself that you're actually a follower of Jesus. So many of us come and sit in church and call ourselves Christians, but the rest of the six days out of the week, we are living for ourselves and not for Jesus. We start marking these boxes of, I went to church, I went to life group, I went to the prayer breakfast, all my boxes are checked this week, now I can live for myself. But you're not going to tell anybody that because you're a Christian. Are you lying to yourself today that you're following Jesus? Are you just putting on a show? Are you lying to God about your relationship with Him? And here's the thing with lying. Here's the thing. It's like it's easy to do once and then and then it becomes a habit and then eventually you don't even know that you're doing it and that's today's message i want it to be a wake up call for those who may be lying to themselves that they're following jesus and even if you're not a follower of Jesus yet, we can both agree that lying has consequences. You don't have to follow Jesus to know that. But those who do follow Jesus, uh, we know there's hope in the end because he sent, God sent his only son to die on the cross for our sins so they can be forgiven. So we have hope in the end. But lying gets in the way of that. Satan gets in the way of that. Some of us in this room today may be in a trap, 
and don't even recognize it. And I ask you today to evaluate your relationship with Jesus to see if it's authentic, if you're truly following him. And those rest of the six days out of the week, you're striving towards him rather than striving towards the world. Because trust me, Satan loves it if you're striving towards the world. You could be in that trap right now. Okay, but if we're in the trap, how do we get out? What's the way out for us? Now, remember, if you saw the, the bear trap at the beginning, you noticed that it has like the jaws on the side of it. So when it closes on the animal, it's definitely going to wound it. It's going to have a wound. Um, so what we have to first do with that trap is we're going to have to figure out how to open it. Okay, so turn with me, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 John, verse 1, or I'm sorry, 1 John, chapter 1, verse 9 through 10, and we're going to read both verses 9 through 10, and it says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. So first, we have, there's a little bit to impact here. If we're already in the trap, we have to realize, and this again, it has to be a wake-up call. We have to realize that we're all sinners. If you can't realize that, then you can't get out of the trap. And in fact, in this passage, it literally says, if you don't admit that you're a liar or a sinner, in other words, then you're calling God a liar. And guess who already did that? Ananias. He lied to God. So we have to be very careful to acknowledge that we are all sinners. Now, we have the ability with this passage to understand there's two steps to get out of this trap. Two steps. And the first one is in this passage. We must first confess and ask for forgiveness to God. Step one, ask God for forgiveness and confess to him what you have done. Now, this may be like, I've been listening to Satan's lies this whole time about me and that's not the truth. Scripture says I'm worth more than what everybody else around me tells me. Or it may be like I'm a pathological liar to people all around me. I tell them lies all the time to make them, make them either feel better or feel worse about themselves. So we have to recognize, number one, we're a sinner, and we need to confess this and ask for forgiveness from God. Because again, God sent his only son to die on the cross in place of us so our sins are forgiven. But we still have to recognize that and ask to be forgiven. In other words, repent of our sin. And what this does is when we do this, okay, stick with me. When you do this, you're able to open the trap. The trap is now open. Okay, but guess what? Like I said earlier, 
the edges of that trap have little jaws on it. So those jaws have put a wound on you. Okay, So you have done the first part of this process to get out of the trap, which is to open it, but now you are still wounded from it. In other words, there are still consequences from it. And now we have to move down the path of healing. And we're going to turn to James chapter 5. Go ahead and do that in your Bibles. James chapter 5, verse 16. And this is where we're going to get our second um, part that we need to fully recover from this trap. James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. There's a lot here. So once, once we have that trap open, we are still wounded from it. And in this passage, we see we need to get with our fellow believers and we need to talk to one another and confess what we have done. Confess of lies we've been listening to of that I'm not good enough and lies that we've been telling other people. And we need to confess it to one another so that way they can pray for us so that we can start that healing process. Because you're still wounded. And again, consequences happen. And it's going to take time to recover from those consequences. But notice how I mentioned at the beginning that we have the ability to move around these traps, to avoid these traps Satan lies for us all over the place. And we can pull that out of this passage as well because we need that tight-knit community around us to help us, keep us accountable to look into God's Word, to know the truth about what we should think about ourselves, and to keep us accountable with sharing truth to other people. If you start acting weird or if, or if you start saying stuff that's not true and they know you so well, they could be like, hey, are you sure that's the truth? And call you out just like Peter called out Ananias. If we have that tight-knit community, they can help us start to avoid these traps in the future. But guess what? We're still going to fall into these traps once in a while. That's why we have this process that God has given us to ask for forgiveness and we will be forgiven if we have a relationship with Him because He sent His grace over us. We can start avoiding them more often with the fellow believers around us. We can heal from when we step in, when we fall into temptation of lying. That's the process. God loves you so much that he wants you to recognize lying is just as serious as all the other commandments. And he gives us a pretty bold example in Acts. 
Ananias and Sapphira paid the ultimate sacrifice for lying. Ultimate judgment for lying. And I don't want you guys to fall into these traps because they don't only hurt you, they hurt other people. And they're painful. And some of us in this room may have experienced being hurt from lies or simply just being hurt from Satan's lies about ourselves. I encourage you, when we start drawing closer to God, we will start seeing the truth. And the truth will set you free from Satan. So I encourage you, as this week goes on, look for that tight-knit community of fellow believers to keep you accountable. Maybe it's time for you to confess this week, I've been calling myself a Christian, but I'm not following Jesus. Maybe it's time to tell them, like, I've been listening to Satan's lies and I'm tired of it. I'm ready to look into what God has to say about me rather than Satan and the world. Look for that community this week. Build up and encourage each other this week. Recognize that lying is just as serious. And uh, for today, uh, rather than handing out bear traps to everyone in the room, uh, especially safety for the kids. I didn't think that would be appropriate to, to hand out, especially on Mother's Day. Here, here, here's a bear trap. Um, instead, I got a little, little bears, a little more appropriate, I thought. Um, and I want you to take a bear with you today. Uh, everybody can take one. And I want you to just like put it somewhere that you can see it to just remind yourself to like evaluate your relationship with Jesus. Am I lying about my relationship with Jesus? And, and, and to just let it be a reminder to you that lying is serious and there's consequences to it. You can call it like your little lying bear. I don't know. But, but just, just use it as a reminder uh, and keep it with you. Uh, let, it, let it just... Open your eyes to see if you're, if you're truly following Jesus. Have that conversation with him today. Say, I've been, and if, if this is you, just say, I've been, I've been lying too long about it. And I'm ready. I'm ready to live for you seven days out of the week. Let me pray for you today. Dear Lord, the world has watered down lying. It, Satan wants us to lie. It's his native language. When, when, we draw, when we speak lies, we're drawing closer to him. And today, I just want this message to just be a wake-up call. To just start listening to the truth that you've given us through your word. And I, I pray that if people are looking for community, that they're, they're able to find that community here. And that way they can start confessing to one another that I've been lying too long. I've been listening to Satan's lies too long. And I'm tired of it. I'm ready to have that relationship with you, God, because there is hope. Hope 
of eternal life with you. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening in on the Three Strands podcast. If you've never visited us in person, we'd love to meet you face to face. We gather every Sunday, 11 a.m. at the McCreary County Park Building. We hope to see you soon.